I noticed nobody here responded to my random, my post in the random channel that I also put on Facebook because I like bothering everybody, reminding us that we're old. Y'all ignore. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, we, we don't even want to be reminded. Brenda, Brenda's got a baby is to a 10 year old to, to a 10 year old today what uh, we, she loves you was to, to me by the Beatles. When I yeah. was 10 in 1995, that shit is yeah. 32 years old, son. Yeah. When this guy's baby is 32 years old. The way kids look at that song today, the way that we looked at She Loves You by the Beatles in 1995. You go, why are you playing that mess, old man? Who the hell is Tupac? Who Who's Tupac? <laughs> yeah. Tupac. That's real. That, that's that's, right. a, that's like, a real thing. My cousin was like, but they can't put it on the oldie station. He said, because some old lady might listen to Brendan's Got a Baby and go, that's not too bad. And then they go look up Tupac on Spotify. And the first thing they hear is they hit him up. And I'm like, that would, be, I would pay to see that. I would. <laughs> I would pay to see that. Some, that would be hilarious. Some old white lady reacts to hit him up for the first time. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing what to the, to who? <laughs> oh, we're hitting. No, 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 no. no. You you see a similar conversation around like old school video games now. Like who like only old heads play freaking uh Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog? Like what? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. There's that's not fair. Sonic the Hedgehog has so many eras at this point. (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog has more eras than Taylor Swift at this point. I mean, actually though, Sonic has been alive for longer than Taylor Swift. And then I thought about this because my son, my, my son's been singing the Nirvana song, Something in the Way. And he's like, that's a song from the Batman. I'm like, oh, 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 you're right. Or, or not, like those people, not... those people that are like Naruto. Yeah, that's a character from Fortnite. Oh yeah. <laughs> like hold up, let me yeah, let me that... hit you with this Shadow Jutsu, boy. Now hang on. I'm dead. Are you a real fan unless you were running like this in high school? <laughs> but actually, though, I got made fun of. Yeah, that's what we used to do in the playground, and we make the hand signs, and we we would we would reenact some of the most famous fight scenes. Yes, oh. that's that's what you did as an old as a young black anime fan for oh. sure. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yep. I'm not saying I'm not saying yep because I'm in that boat. Uh, obviously, I'm not black, but that's what my friends. Yeah, but you, you were you were. I'm assuming you were a young anime fan. You did the same thing. I did yeah. the same thing, and I had yeah. at the time all my friends were also were young black <laughs> anime fans. So that's all we did. I mean, hey, exactly. so you you're familiar with it. You get the culture. Exactly. I'm gonna hit you with this Kamehameha, son. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They love Dragon Ball Z. They love Dragon Ball Z. I never. Got I, I can't it. tell you how many beam battles we had on the on the playground. Beam dog. Like, yes, beam battles. Absolutely. I got this special beam cannon because we all know Piccolo's black. Yes. <laughs> every every Namekian is black. Don't you don't you dare tell me otherwise. Every single oh, one. Francine knows some of this. He has all the traits of black dad. Like what are we talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> he's adopted a young white kid he's like if you don't do what you're supposed to do i'm gonna beat your ass young white kid <laughs> the other friend's like, why are you so hard on him he's got it he's good okay i left him in the wild for a little bit he'll get it calm down he's gonna make his <laughs> way he's back a dinosaur and he's gonna be better for it exactly. <laughs> have you guys watched dragon ball z abridged i have he just shouts dodge at him all the time. that's why didn't funny. you dodge, dodge. <laughs> that's my favorite thing Oh yeah, it's pretty great. Right. It's pretty great. All right. Okay, we, we can we can we can, right. we can actually get started now. We can actually get started now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put those in the in the in the bloopers. So uh, we will get started in three, two, one.
Welcome back to Recap, podcast where we talk about some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm your almost always host, Joshua Hyde, and with me today are the boys. Once again, we got the greatest writer of all time, Anthony Arnold, and the greatest homie of all time, the greatest he, him, himself, Nick Humbert. I said it almost realized. You know what I just realized you could have done last episode? What? Humbergo. You were doing a whole Spanish thing. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Oh or ombre. Or ombre, because it's almost right. the same ombre, letters. No, oh, it's ombre. That's so good. Come on. I'm, 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 I, might have to, I might have to take that moving forward. Nick the ombre. Go back in editing. Go back in editing. Fix it. Add it in post. That ain't really cheesy way. Like the greatest Nick the Ombre. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Nick Ombre. That we've ever seen. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, but clearly we're doing play. good. But clearly we're still doing good. That, that's yeah. So, like I said last episode, um, we are in a time frame uh, where we really have to think about uh, what we feel, why we feel it, and how it affects us. Because uh, you know, it's it's about that time we're we're seeing we're seeing some things. We're hearing some things from some people. And <laughs> we need to uh, we need to understand why we feel the way that we do. And I want to go ahead and get into a little bit of that, the, the things that we feel, uh, not necessarily the why. We talked a little bit about that last time, but I want to get into the things we feel and how in some ways those are being used against us. So uh, values. Everybody knows what they are. We all have them. Uh, they're ingrained in us by the lessons of our elders and the experiences we have in this life. Uh, the nation or nations are built on them and they play a role, as I mentioned, in our everyday life. This is what I get from going off of my script. I say things that I've already said before. <laughs> <laughs> this is why appealing to values has been a core strategy in winning votes in a political race. So let's dive into that a little deeper. But first, Let's talk about the poll. Yeah, the poll. As always, polls every Friday, social media. That's where they are. Like them, comment on them. Let us know how you feel. The one, the one this week is about virtue signaling. So virtue signaling is the expression of a moral viewpoint with the intent of communicating good character. An example of this can be uh, when brands with a history of silence about a particular cause, begin using social media to proclaim their support for one side or the other. We've all seen this, the brands jumping in with their opinions. So almost always when someone uses the term virtue signaling, they're using it in a negative way, saying that the people or in some cases individuals doing it are just grandstanding. However, in the United States, at least on an individual level, Citizens are generous in comparison to our peers. According to a recent report, the U.S. is the most generous high-income country in the world in terms of like charity work. So in some cases, the accusation of virtue signaling is untrue because the individual may be quietly doing good work. But with so many signals being sent out today across so many channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Discord, Slack, it can be hard to tell the difference between people who are virtue signaling and grandstanding and people who back up what they say with quiet good work. 
So here's the question. Is the problem that people or brands virtue signal more or has information overload made it more difficult to judge people's true intentions? Josh. I want to take this. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I think it's both. All I think right. in some ways, especially with the, uh, as it's been appropriately named, the woke culture that we have now, uh, I think it's be it's becoming more impactful for businesses to take stands on particular issues and things along those lines, as well as uh, it just being like, absolutely overwhelming with all the information that we receive, whether it's about brands or not. Like it's it's hard to find accurate information in any context, let alone ones that like really look at the whole of an issue. And in my mind, brands are using that to their benefit, whether they're doing good work or not. <laughs> so yeah. uh, my yeah. actual answer to your question is both. Uh, in many ways, it is becoming more and more common, but at the same time, it's always, well, not always, it, it's becoming harder and harder to determine who is actually doing good work and what is just being right. thrown out there to make a quick buck. Right. Now, yes. Nick? Um, You're up next. I feel like this question has more pieces than you might have initially thought. Because when you ask, is the problem people, brands, or virtue signaling, we're asking like three separate questions. I agree with everything Josh said, but that's on the brand side of things. When it comes to people, right. like when people virtue signal in like an individualistic thing, I think it's like really, it can be really, really harmful. And I do agree that it is with, with the second part of the actual question that there's so much overload of information. How do you tell? Like it becomes right. a real big issue. I think if brands want a virtue signal, whatever. I don't care. They're they're M&M's puts boots on their fucking or takes the boots <laughs> off or whatever. Tucker <laughs> Carlton's bad. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Like, you know, it's 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 a company. They're already not doing good things for America. I don't give a shit. It's, I have a lot bigger issue when people do it um, because yeah. that's where it's a lot more impactful. Um, case fair. in point, case in point, if you post on Facebook that you're a safe person to come and talk to about um, essay or um, other types of sexual violence, and then someone comes and talks to you about that, but you were just virtue signaling and your responses are all victim blaming, that's so messed up. That's such an issue. Yep, yep. That's a huge problem. If a brand says, oh, we support survivors of sexual assault, you're never going to go to them and talk to them about it. Like, you'll just take them at their yeah. word and maybe you'll buy more of whatever it is, but like probably not. Yeah. It probably yeah, it doesn't not, matter. I'm not calling Tide to be like, yeah. problems. <laughs> you know what? You know, I'm going to hit Tide least... up on Facebook and be like, yo, <laughs> yo, no. I had a really bad day. Can I talk to you about it? Yeah. You and said like, we're here for you. Right. You said State Farm, what's going on? You said to me. Like a good like, neighbor. Like a good right. neighbor. Where's where's my neighbor? So, um, but I think it's a much bigger issue when it comes down to people, um, especially yeah. opposed to brands. And like even in the third part of the first part of the question, virtue signaling 
a problem, yes, but I think it really be, it comes down to who's doing it and for what purpose. If yeah. you're going to virtual signal that you support um, BL, BLM, for instance, right? You're like, oh, yeah, BLM's great. Uh, that's it. I'm not going to donate. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I think there's an argument to be made that like it's not virtue signaling only in that you can't do more right. in some cases. There's disabled people who want to support BLM, but they can't go to a protest. They don't have the money to donate. So all they can do is post on Facebook. Right. But then it comes to people who are willing and are able or who are able but not willing. Right. That right. where the virtue signaling becomes a much bigger issue. And yep. Yeah, it's a whole it's a very complex no, question. You it is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it it's is really interesting. Complex. Uh go ahead, go ahead. No, it is a complex question. Um, I mean, and you you correctly like try to sort through the very because the the topic itself is actually very complex. Um my answer is that we used to be able to closely match what a person said to what they did. Like in your small individual communities, you know what people are doing uh, behind the scenes. You know if this person, does this person, when, when, to reference our last episode, when the collection plate passes around, do they put in money or do they just kind of slide it and pretend and hope no one notices? <laughs> you know, you know who's putting money in the plate and who's not. And so then if that same wrong. person, right, and then that same yeah. person turns around and, and talks about how they do, you know, you're, you're virtue signaling. Because I see you pass the plate every single Sunday. And then you talk about how you don't do that. But now you don't know that because you don't know the lives of all the people you interact with on social media. So there's literally no way to actually know. So the, the mechanism of, is this person lying slash virtue signaling or are they telling the truth doesn't really function with the pure amount of information we get with, with the with how big our circles are now we, we we can no longer check people we can no longer see if they're lying or see if they're truthful and it it makes it and because you are also told not to brag about the good things you do like if you do charity work you're not you're told you shouldn't talk about that because now you're like also virtue signaling and humble bragging like so you're supposed to do good stuff, but then not tell people you do the good stuff. And then you can be Support accused of good stuff. Because nobody knows that you do the good stuff. And so, so it, <laughs> you're supposed to do good stuff, not tell people you good do, do good stuff, but then also post that you believe in these good right. things. Right. Otherwise, you're an asshole. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and, and just for the reference, when I looked this up, it was something like 65 Sixty-five percent of like U.S. citizens donate money to charity. Um, yeah, again, we're the highest. When you measure both the, the money people donate, the time people spend volunteering, and have they helped a stranger, we are the highest-ranking uh, high-income country. One of the four high-income countries that are in the top ten, uh, and we're the highest one. Which which does again suggest that there's quite a few Americans who are quietly doing good things. Um, which, you know, is an interesting thing to keep in mind when we see how a lot of people feel about their neighbors. Like, well, a lot of people are quietly doing good stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, that's the question. It's a complex question. I'm happy. Thank you, Nick, that you dug into the complexity of it. Uh, that's what I wanted. That's what I hope we get from people who respond in the comment section when the polls drop every Friday. 
And now since so, I've been instructed not to kick it. No, no actually, actually, this time I'm going to take the ball. See? Uh, this time specifically. <laughs> the one time <laughs> you did the <laughs> This is why I pass it to you. Okay. Never, never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> Bamboozled. That's fine. That's fine. Um, one of the things I wanted to quickly highlight was uh, actually the difference between because uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we, or at least we we were going to uh, maybe we won't spend as much time on it because we we've uh, adequately discussed what virtue signaling is at this point. Um, one of the things I wanted to discuss was how virtue signaling is different when a brand does it versus a person. And so I'm actually really glad that you brought that up, Nick, because that was one of the things I really wanted to discuss later. Uh, but before we get into the actual discussion, do you have a trend for me? I'm gonna pull out this little, um, this little fun fact about the way that people believe things and the way that it happens. Um, and it kind of, it parallels the Overton window, but in a non-political sense, what tends to happen with people, um, just as a fun fact for how we learn, like how we, how our values are shaped is based on what we're exposed to. Um, for instance, uh, I, I believe most people call it normalization at this point. Let's normalize X thing. Um, and so for instance, if you go on social media, a lot of people have pronouns in their title. A lot of people have, we have pronouns in our title for, um, Pointcast, and it starts to normalize in people subconsciously to where someone who might have been like, I don't, why are pronouns matter? I don't even care. After a couple months, they'll be like, yeah, man, it's just a thing people do and it's cool. Like, why are we upset about it? Like they'll totally shift to a whole new perspective subconsciously without even realizing it. And as a personal note, it's happening to me in the wrong way. And I hate it because I've joined this <laughs> Brains don't understand irony. Let me throw that out there right now. Brains do not understand irony. If you repeat something to yourself enough times or see it enough times, you start to believe it, even if you're sarcastic. That's why people who like make foot fetish jokes suddenly start to like feet because their brains don't understand it's a joke. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. So I joined this, this Facebook group. It's like, um, I have to man harder or the gays will come uh, <laughs> the gays will come get me oh, no. <laughs> and it's oh, so no. funny wait, no, wait, wait, a minute, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute it's fun it's got a i have to or... i have to man harder or the gays will come get me <laughs> well it's actually got a different title but i'm using the the p the the more um the sfw word, the oh, word oh okay well thank you Thank um, you for that. Um, the NSFW, maybe they'll bleep this out, is I have to man harder or the gays will unpeace me. Oh. <laughs> and it's got well a picture then. of Thor, like Chris Hemsworth in Thor in all pink. <laughs> and it's making fun of dudes who like are try too hard to be like masculine. Yeah. That's the whole point. But when you see enough of those ironic posts, your brain starts to believe the posts. Right, like now I'm starting to like notice in very slow, very slowly, I'm starting to notice my brain being like, you're not manly enough. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This has never been a problem for me before. What's happening right now? This is, so. this is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'd, like to, I'd like to just throw that out there just as a little fun fact. This is not a trend. I, you know what? Honestly, I thought I could handle it. I can't. Alex needs to be the one handling it. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is too good at it. I didn't realize all the time and effort into it hats off to you alex 
Um, but I will throw in that fun fact about how brains work. And but you did hit a trend though. The seeing people's pronouns yeah. and stuff is a trend that we're seeing. I mean, people I know everyone has seen it. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, why are there why are there pronouns and profiles and like blurbs underneath Twitter pictures? Like, what? Like that is a trend that you have noticed. And I mean, you are right that seeing it helps normalize it, which gets into the even what you would call virtue signaling can matter because it can shift so things subconsciously. That's the reason. That's the reason I started like not being like when I first saw them, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like in 20, the 2010s, initially when I was like, okay, whatever pronoun, sure. Someone, someone, I watched this video or read this thing. I don't remember, but the person had said that they didn't get it either. And then they sort of realized that if you are putting pronouns and things like they thought that was virtue signaling, like, Oh, look at, I support trans, blah, 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 blah. But then when you think about it, you you realize that if only trans people are the ones putting their pronouns in, it's a big fucking target that says, Hey, I'm trans. Come get me yeah. to the, to the bigoted violet people. And so if everyone starts doing it, not only does it normalize it, but it hides yep. trans people from yep. violence. And it's one of the reasons I like try to push for it where I can, because it's, important it's also uh, the speaking of this start uh, with that i actually i'm actually really glad you brought this up francine because i was literally just about to say this uh there are some bible scholars that are talking about the the process of removing pronouns from the bible uh, i'm sorry i gotta i gotta ask how are you gonna refer to god if the capital h and he and him don't exist in the bible yeah <laughs> wait a minute Hey! Wait a minute! Oh, well. Hey! God becomes they. Hey, hey! You know what? Oh God! I love the way these things. I love the way that these things often come out because I generally have a plan for how I want the conversation to either go or start. And one of the first questions I was literally going to ask you guys, if you don't believe me, I can tell you, I can show you my notes. <laughs> was, uh, have you had any core beliefs that have changed as a result of your experiences or uh, have they changed due to uh, seeing a change in your daily life? And I think it's hilarious, Nick, that you, (laughs) without even being prompted. (laughs) To quote, to quote. Already had an answer to that question. To quote the uh, song from, um, we're gonna look up. We're gonna look up when the, when when all the songs are coming out now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to quote the song from the PlayStation Two game, uh, the two thousand PlayStation Two game SSX. I'm one step ahead of the game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a very niche joke. I mean, that was a dope game, though. Dope game. That was a dope SSX game. for sure, bro. I'm yes. pretty sure that's the only song that was in that game. It's just you're just you're What's the only song you listen to. Yeah, they just go I'm one step ahead of the game. There's only one other SSX song that matters, and that's tricky. <laughs> yes, right. The, the song that was so great they made it into its own game. Yeah, correct. Ooh, all right, but I think that means it's Anthony's turn to answer that question. Yes, actually. Uh, so, like, what's a core belief that has changed from? Like yeah, so let, let me let me go ahead and give you like the blurb that I was going to give and then yeah. ask the question because that's normally how I do things. I just thought it was really funny that Nick actually just answered the question as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I personally don't believe that having values is inherently bad, even if those values are taught from bad sources. People are yeah. generally influenced by the world around them. I believe that the exploitation of these values is wrong, specifically because values can and often do change. As such, have you had any core beliefs that have changed as a result of your experiences? It's not necessarily I mean, it is a combination of my personal experience and then watching it has something is played out. It's actually something I posted about on our Slack channel this morning, right? So my feelings around like issues of life or death um, or uh, kind of related to like matters of abortion, but also and related to like end of life stuff. Excuse my dogs. My mom has arrived to pick up our dog. They're going insane. Well, um, that's, that's how dogs be. Yep. Yeah, that's totally. how they work. That's how that dogs uh, do. do. Do you need to go give them so, some hats? Right. So, like a thing I have watched play out. So, as people know, uh, our oldest is autistic. So, I've watched as the test for detecting Down syndrome has become easier to obtain in sort of prenatal development. I I think, you know, if you look, the abortion rate for children, for the abortion rate, if you're, if they detect Down syndrome is like 90 plus percent in some countries. Uh, we've heard well-intentioned people say like, we have uh, eradicated Down syndrome in our country. Uh, in this country, I think it's in the seventies. And while I understand the reasoning behind it, there is a having lived with a special needs person, there's like a hint of like eugenics and ableism that shows up there. And then I think about when we get to end of life stuff as well, right? Like you go, well, you should be able to choose death if XYZ condition happens to you. And I go, but there are some people who are born with those conditions. So are you also suggesting that their life is not worth living if you were born with it? And that has caused me to sort of step back and remove myself from a position of like try, of moderating my stance because I am aware that that is an element of this conversation about like what makes a life worth living, what conditions are so bad that you just shouldn't tolerate them. And, and, and yeah, and, that, and so watching that play out over the last like decade, you know, 15 years or so in, in our country has caused me to go, oh, so there are certain conditions that if we are able to detect, like I look at my daughter's condition, like if we're able, if we're ever able to detect autism in the womb, which would be unlikely, but not impossible. As we know, things have changed a lot in the last 15, 20 years. Oh, for sure. Medical so science what if is you, crazy. So like if we were able to detect it in the womb at one point, would people just want to abort autistic kids? I go, what? Like, again, there's like a hint of ableism in there. It's not like to judge people. There's a hint of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, huh. Because then you look at all sorts of conditions that, you know, kids with Down syndrome can live 50, 60 years. They can live full lives. And those lives can be hard, but... Um, and so, yeah, that, that causes me to, to sort of step back from a position of maximum, right, and sort of go, okay, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't. There's like some nuance there. Hint, right. hint, wink, wink. Right, right. <laughs> so that's a combination of my personal life, but also our society's position has caused me to just pause 
and re-examine where I actually am. I think politicians virtue signaling is one of the biggest problems of our current political society. And I would like it to stop, although the way to do that would be to drastically change our politics. And I don't know if we have the time or the collective community energy to change that. Uh, yeah, I mean, politicians virtue signal because they're trying to transmit a lot of ideas in a really short period of time, if that makes sense, right? They're trying to give you a full picture of who they are. Um, and because they don't, there's just not a lot of interest in going into the weeds of like policy details. So instead yeah. they just use like virtue signaling shorthand, right? Um, to say, I care deeply about this thing. And, and, and there's really not a follow-up. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? Um, so yeah, we've ended up in this, like immigration is virtue signaling. There is, like, immigration is one of the issues that there is so very much virtue signaling around. Like yes. I care deeply about, and everybody, like people, I care deeply about security. Okay, so then what are you going to do to have an immigration system that makes sense there so that we don't have so many people trying to cross against the law. Well, we're not going to do anything. Okay. They're going to say like, well, I care about children in cages. So what are you going to do to actually ensure that we have enough facilities that, you know, for, for people who look at the number of border crossings at like Texas, it is really high. Yes. <laughs> people would be shocked like hundreds of thousands every month. You go, so, what are you going to do to ensure that the pipeline that we use to process people, to process their paperwork, to, to, to do that is big enough that we don't get these crazy backlogs? Well, the answer is nothing. So it's just endless virtue signaling around immigration with no actual plan to fix the immigration system. Or like, or like Trump <laughs> the wall, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I'm gonna build a wall, are you? <laughs> are you are you did you actually have any plans to build said wall or were you just saying that you were gonna yeah yeah even when people are like you know you can't build a wall there because of geography ah we're gonna build a wall you physically can't literally just just buzzwords like literally not possible right buzzwords and and virtue signaling that's that's what a lot right. of american politics has become yep. and like the more i look into it the more i hate it the presence of so much virtue signaling is one of the things that leads to such high cynicism among voters. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you be like, why wouldn't you be cynical about what a politician says when ninety percent of what they say is pointless virtue signaling? Yeah, why not be it's cynical? It's why <laughs> right. it's, it's why I don't ever listen to political debates. I just go on a website and look at their policies and move on. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. make it I make it as detached as possible because I don't right. care what people say. Right. And, if you don't trust the politician, don't listen to what they say. Go to a website that tells right. you their policies. Vote based on that. But people don't do that. It's unfortunate. Right. And I think because partially because of the virtue signaling is a huge issue with that. Yeah. Um, I also think one of the bigger issues is that people like to dramatize, not even people, we like as a country, we dramatize politics, yeah, not yes. necessarily like specifically debates. It's like a it's a televised TV event. 
that people treat like like uh like, like the a, um, super bowl yeah yeah well, like, like advertised to shit yeah and it's like that's not good <laughs> because <laughs> the, the way to win is to just to be the, the best on the tv show they make it they make it reality tv it's like watching a weird version of 90 day fiance where your favorite character is whoever is the most charismatic instead of whatever they're actually talking about bro you yep. can't tell me politics isn't reality tv we literally had donald trump as a fucking president for four years do not tell me our politics is not reality tv right exactly you can't precisely you can't every four years can't we have literally. the worst reality tv show of all time every yeah year. actually every four years oh god this is happening again. Have... Is that time again? It's oh, no. Maybe. No. <laughs> and so it's, it's November again, boys. You know what that means. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but like, this is, this is the reason why I bring this up because like, I have learned that I, and one of the, one of the original things that I was going to say was that like, when I first realized that I could vote, I was like in there, I was everything. I was looking yep. up everything in the papers. I was going to every website. I was looking at every single piece of information I could only to learn that I hated all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so yep. I was like, well, damn, what happens if I don't want to vote for anyone? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that's the other issue that runs that we have an issue with is is once you actually like look at it try to learn about it try to figure out who to vote for you don't want to vote for anybody there are no good options <laughs> there are Everybody's zero good options yes, the only yeah. the only slightly good options are usually third party people because they're just not doing what the big people or the big two are doing and yep. even then you have it in the back of your head they're not going to get anywhere because you're not going to vote for them. So the other people who might want to vote for them aren't going to vote for them. So they're never going to gain any traction. And that's yep. also yep. an issue. But then even yep. if they gain any traction, all it'll do is push out one of the big two and we'll still be stuck with two big players. Yep. They just will be different teams. And this is why I think uh, doing research is important. And that's, I, I, as we've discussed, I don't, I don't like to necessarily bring up problems without at least proposing some kind of solution. Um. I have said to death, be informed on this show. Everybody knows my stances on how you should vote and, and where you should get your information from. Yeah. Be informed, be informed. For the love of God, be informed. But at the same time, it is very understandable to become informed and then not want to do a thing. I have learned of so many people that have, especially in in last year's, uh, well, not, not last year's, throughout the last two political elections, or presidential elections, I should say, because we've had a lot more politics since then, um, or a lot more than just presidential elections <laughs> since then, um, between the last two that just literally didn't vote because they didn't like any of the options. And normally, I would have been someone that said, well, you have to vote for someone because there is at least one correct answer. And that correct answer was not Donald Trump. <laughs> but I understand why you did not vote in both scenarios, whether it was uh, you know, for Trump or for Biden. I, I understand. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, it is it is more important, at least in my opinion, for you to understand where each 
candidate stands on each of their actual issues. Because if you just listen to what they tell you, it's going to sound like they're going to do all kinds of stuff. And what they'll actually focus on while they're in office will likely look nothing like that. Yeah. You also, you also have to consider they can't just like in Trump's case, he says he's going to do all these things. He, just like every president, is bound by the judicial system and can only do so much, even if there's someone you liked. Even I voted for I wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders before he got moved out of the, the running for the, in the last election. Also, and Bernie, bro. Even hell yeah. And even if he made it to the presidency, he is bound by the Senate and the House. There's only so much he can do on his own. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's some stuff I like, we are getting to the end of the show and I know, like, I, and so there's, man, there's some stuff that I really wish, I, I really wish you would be here for the next episode because there's some stuff you've touched on that the way it intersects with voting patterns is, uh, unexpected and, it, and it's going to come yeah. up when we get to, it, things get weird, like, they real weird, like highly engaged voters are more likely to vote straight tickets. Yep. So, like, getting informed does not seem to push people towards split ticket voting. It seems to push them towards partisanship, which goes against like what we would all logically that like engagement and information will lead to better voting patterns. I'm like, but it, it actually tends to lead to more straight ticket partisan behavior. Because well, it turns out that. Think- yeah, the basic explanation is that people who have lots of information are really good at rationalizing. They just rationalize better. I was going to say, <laughs> the irony is that they force you down a rabbit hole. Like Pennsylvania, yeah. where I live, forces me <laughs> to pick who I'm gonna, which lines I'm going to vote along. Yes, uh, but we'll get into this in the next episode. But that's why it, it's because, yeah, this, this stuff gets weird. Yeah. When you think about what will drive people away from the kind of behavior we're talking about. It's not totally clear that more engagement or even more information would actually do, do. yeah <laughs> you see and and now now you're 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 picking up on a lot of the ways in which i wanted to have these conversations and so i i, I love the fact that you are you are already seeing where i'm going with this and uh hopefully we can move this forward but uh yeah. that's I feel like we've 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 talked enough about this point enough to to move on. So, uh, with all of that being said, thank you guys for having this conversation with me. Um, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Elliot Productions, the studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls but the ones we covered today. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. We'll see you next time. Josh, out. <laughs>